Hello and welcome back to There Will Be Spoilers, 100 Films, 100 Podcast, Double Down Edition. My name is Matt Bazell. And I am Ethan Knight. For our first, our inaugural Double Down episodes, we're going to be covering Stranger Things Season 2. Season 2. So Ethan, you want to talk a little bit about what the heck Double Down is? Well, the Double Down is perhaps the invention that has told us that we have gone too far. That is, the Double Down is a KFC (laughs) fucking sandwich where there is no bread. The buns are deep fried chicken breasts. I don't really know what you put inside these sandwiches. Cheese, bacon, who knows? Whatever it is, it's 540 calories and for $5, you are getting more than you could ever want, which is why we are calling this set of episodes the double down because for five dollars on patreon you are getting a whole nine extra episodes and it's like 540 calories a piece yeah so (laughs) if this is your first time with us with there will be spoilers we are a film podcast that covers the afi top 100 canonical list of films and then we also have a patreon at patreon.com slash spoilers cast and there we Every other week, take a look at a film that came out recently or a film we really like. And then for $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes. So we've got free episodes, paid episodes, and now you could double down for no additional cost and get episodes like The Nine from Stranger Things Season 2. And who knows what will happen in the future. Today, this episode is free. This first one. Episode 1 of Stranger Things 2. But if you want to hear what we have to say about the next eight episodes... Patreon.com slash SpoilersCast. Five bucks is going to get you access to all this, plus our backlog of over 20 films. And and so you're going to get not just the two episodes that we do for free each month, but you'll get two more, plus eight more, plus all the other ones you haven't listened to yet. It's fantastic. Do it, please. So, Ethan, why don't we jump right in? We watched Season 2, Episode 1 of Stranger Things. Stranger Things. And like we do in our other podcast episodes, why don't you go ahead and give us a plot synopsis? Yes, so in Stranger Things Season 2, Episode 1, our cold open reveals a group of criminals being pursued by police. As they're chased through the streets of Pittsburgh, one of the members uses psychic powers similar to those of Eleven, the character from last season, to trick the police into thinking that a tunnel they've just entered has collapsed. As they escape, we find out that this girl that uses these powers is number eight. Then we head back to Hawkins, Indiana in 1984, almost a year after the events of season one of Stranger Things. The boys are back together, and their current obsession is the arcade, a great 80s thing to do. After gathering quarters to go play, they discover that someone has beaten Dustin's high score at Dig Dug, and this person's handle is Mad Max. They don't know who Mad Max is. So, Will has a strange experience, as though he's back in the upside-down alternate dimension from season one. He steps outside the arcade, and he sees an ominous storm. He snaps back into our world, and the boys keep playing. The next day, Jim Hopper, the police chief from season one, heads to work, where he is hounded by a man named Murray, who is a conspiracy theorist. Hopper is called out to investigate a pumpkin patch, which has mysteriously rotted overnight, and he appears extremely jumpy in the fields. Then we go back to Nancy and Steve. They're heading into school, and we find out that Steve is unsure whether to go to college or stay in town and work for his father so that he can stay here to be with Nancy 
who is pushing him to go the college route. As they head into school, a new kid arrives with his younger sister in a bitchin' Camaro. And while all the girls fawn over him, the boys fawn over his sister, Maxine, who they suspect is Mad Max. Joyce, back at work, that's Will's mom, is visited by her new boyfriend, Bob. They make out, and then he leaves. Back at school, Nancy attempts to get Jonathan, that's Will's older brother, to come with her to a Halloween party, but he declines, and she's intercepted during their conversation by Steve. Later, Will's mother, Joyce, arrives to take Will to an appointment at the lab from season one, and there Will describes his episode from earlier in the episode to a doctor. Joyce and Hopper talk to the doctor, who suggests that Will's PTSD will get worse before it gets better because of the time of the year, and the best thing to do is just to ignore it and act like everything is normal. They're skeptical about it. Shortly after, we see this doctor observe a technician go back into the upside-down portal to use a flamethrower on some sort of thing, creature, portal. Meanwhile, Dustin and Lucas trail Max and discover that she is, in fact, Mad Max. The two are smitten, although Dustin more so than Lucas. That evening, Steve and Nancy have dinner with Barb's parents, which is a scheduled thing that they apparently have been doing, and her parents have not given up hope that Barb is still out there, but we, of course, know that Barb is dead. They've put their house on the market to keep paying Murray, the guy from earlier, the quote-unquote detective. Nancy retreats to the bathroom to cry. Mike, at the same time, we learn, continues to hope to hear... Eleven call to him on his walkie-talkie. He also has not given up hope. Joyce, Bob, Jonathan, and Will have a standard, happy, normal movie night, and the phone rings, but Bob convinces Joy to ignore it. Back at the lab, a tech sees a bunch of lights and alarms go off, so something's going on. Later that evening, Will gets up to go pee, only to discover he's having another episode, and he sees, amidst the storm again outside, a giant creature in the distance. Finally, episode one closes with Hopper returning home to TV dinners with, who do you think it is, Matt? Uh, I don't know. Is it um, Sean Astin? Mm, close. Think a little smaller, less oh, fat. yeah, yeah, okay. David Bowie. Ah, yes. David Bowie. No, Eleven! Oh, my She's God. Back. Who could have guessed? Who could have guessed? And that is episode one of Stranger Things. Okay, Ethan. I want to just jump right into it, and I feel like you didn't really didn't really give Sean Astin his proper due for showing up You're in this, right. in this uh, show. I know, and he not only is he Sean Astin, but he is like super dad Sean Astin, like yeah. beer gut, dorky, like clothes, the whole thing. Sean Astin is there, but he's also having uh, this hot hot makeout sesh with perhaps my favorite character, Winona Ryder. Oh, Winona Ryder. I don't care if she's old Winona Ryder. I don't care if she's young Winona Ryder. I don't care if she's dead Winona Ryder. I love Winona Ryder. So, Ethan, why don't we jump into some of the themes of this episode and start disentangling some of the opening threads to season two? Yes, I think we should. So why don't I start us off? And I want to talk about post-traumatic stress disorder. I knew you would. That's obviously a big thing going on here, right? Like, we've got a lot of people coping with with the traumatic events of the first season, right? I mean, this is why you see Hopper in the, like, the cornfield. I mean, he pulls his gun. He's, like, freaking out. But I think there's something out there in that cornfield in that scene. 
Yeah, I think there is. So we'll return to that cornfield in a little bit, but let me talk a little bit more about PTSD as it was known, which today in 2017, we call it post-traumatic stress. We dropped the D. Oh, did we? We do. We do, in fact. And in 1984, though, the term post-traumatic stress disorder has only been around for four years. Mm -hmm. It did not make it into DSM until 1980 and was still very controversial at this time. Now, it's described as beyond the range of normal human experience, that kind of trauma that they're talking about. But guess what? We have that in this season, in this episode, right? Because, you know, alternate dimension aliens or monsters scarring you for life, I think that qualifies. Yeah, I think that might qualify for beyond the normal range of human experience. So I think (laughs) episode one of season two is really just, it's a lot of things, but one of the major things it is, is people trying to find that sense of normalcy after the events of season one. Unlike other, you know, 80s spooky or sci-fi films, you know, Stranger Things actually has to pick up the pieces after season one, right? And try to establish a life for these characters, right? So you get to see how Joyce is doing. She's obviously traumatized by the phone ringing. Remember, because the phone ring and we will, and she try to answer it. So Bob telling her not to answer it, she has this instinct to answer it because she thinks her son's there, even though her son's right next to her, right? It's a contradiction of of trauma in that way. And then Will is treated as psychologically fragile and everyone looks at him like he's different. They call him zombie boy, which is like, man, that's rough. He is certainly traumatized, but he was dead and gone it felt like for most of season one right and so he's this weird enigma this weird anomaly for people and of course he's having these traumatic reoccurrences for i could call them of the upside down right he's going back to the scene of the trauma and it's something that he's not able to stop right so he's got these psychologist appointments or they might be something more i really can't figure out what those are about yet but Man, everyone is so messed up, and, and Hopper, too, with, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. the cornfield. Everyone is so on edge. This is a lot about people coping, uh, and, and even Mike, right? Mike is desperately clutching to some sort of hope that Eleven will return. Well, he's also acting out in a lot of ways, which is another symptom of mm-hmm. the traumatized, right? His, apparently, yeah. his grades are very bad. He's graffitiing. He's cursing out teachers. So Mike's a right. bad kid in episode one, it seems like. Yeah, he's, uh, he's not the sort of good 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 little kid we saw last year yeah so that's that's definitely one of the things that's happening here right i think also it's it's really important to talk about like the idea of normalcy like because there is that that scene with jonathan and and will where uh, will says something like you know i'm a freak and no one wants to say it or whatever and jonathan's like yes you know what yeah you are but like do you want to be fucking normal he doesn't put it in those terms he's a lot nicer (laughs) it doesn't help It just makes me feel like more of a freak. You're not a freak. Yeah, I am. I am. You know what? You're right. You are a freak. What? No, I'm serious. You're a freak. But what? Do you want to be normal? Do you want to be just like everyone else? Being a freak is the best, right? I'm a freak. He's all about, like, the normal people don't, change the world they're boring you don't that you don't want to be their friend right like the kind of people that are that do things are are weird people freaks whatever you want to call it well hold on you're missing the most important part of this scene he says do you want to be like david bowie or kenny rogers right <laughs> and everyone's immediate reaction should be david bowie r.i.p david bowie 
R.I.P. David Bowie. And of course, that that leads to that great little interaction where Sean Astin comes in. And he's like, Kenny Rogers. I love Kenny Rogers. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think this idea of being strange or being different. I mean, it's in the title, but being strange is and 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 sticking out is is important because just about all of these characters do kind of stick out. They're all kind of misfits, I, I, except for Steve, I guess. And, and Nancy, but that's a larger conversation maybe to have. Nancy is a little bit marginalized, too, in the first season, right? She is the, the nerdy girl, right? And so right. she's only been moved into... She's only been de-othered because of Steve's popularity. Right, yeah. Which, you know, we all wanted her to end up with Jonathan last season, and she didn't. Right, that was one of my major shocks about the end of season one, was the fact that Steve was still in the picture, yeah. To kind of resist yeah. that trope there. But we can maybe return to this in our theories. Right now, I want to ask you, Ethan, if you had a favorite scene of this episode. There were a couple of different scenes that really had me excited. I, of course, being the the car guy, the resident car guy, a character showing up in a sick 1980s Camaro really got me going. So I'm really excited to find out. This is Matt, Mad Max's older brother. I'm really excited to see where those characters go because he's this like smoking bad boy. Oh, drives with a, a terrible mustache, like a bad oh, yeah. mustache. Oh, his mustache is really bad. Does he? Was that a mullet? Did he have a mullet? Oh, he. You know he's got a mullet. Uh, you know, I, dear listener, I am the proud owner of a Pontiac Trans Am, and I live. I thought you were going to say the proud owner of a mullet. No, no, I live mullet free. I have. I am mullet free. Although. Not, this month I am not mustache free, so that is I'm. Um, oh God, you have to send me a picture of this. I don't know what this looks like. I don't think I've ever seen Ethan with a mustache. <laughs> There's the scene where the technician goes in with the flamethrower to flamethrow that thing, and that I, oh, that's a scene. Something's going on there, but we'll get to that. Sure. So my favorite scene, besides the reveal of L right 11 coming oh, back yes yes which i mean it's, it's got to be the it's the final scene of the episode it's got a sharp cut to it of course you like it she's got hair now she's been living with hopper and you're like oh great l's back because i really was unsure if she's gonna make an appearance anywhere if if not in the first half of the season if at all right i didn't right, know if she'd yeah. be in season two at all so i was really happy to see her there but my favorite scene is Hopper in the cornfield because right when he starts walking in, you start hearing that chirping, that Demogorgon chirping from the first season. Yeah. You're like, oh man, you start getting those chills, those atmospheric chills, which I think was the exact same feeling I got when Joyce first starts seeing the, the lights light up in yeah. her house and then the phone call. So I was like, yep, there it is. There's that spooky atmospheric stuff that I love so much, right? And he's in a cornfield, so I was thinking of Signs, too, another episode we covered on our Patreon. Yes. So that was my favorite, and I, I think there was something in there. Just like people would just miss the Demogorgon in season one, I think we just missed him there. Yeah, I think we might have. So, Ethan, I think it's time to put on our tinfoil hats. Tinfoil hats. Mine's already on. Go down into the basement. All right. I don't have a basement. Flip the board over. Okay, I'm flipping over the board. And start talking theories. Theories. Theories, theories, theories. Uh, did they not close the portal last season? Yeah, I thought they did, but that's in the same place as it was last season, so I don't think they were oh. successful. 
are they are they do you think they're maintaining it or do you think they accidentally opened it again i think it is open i think it is a rift in reality so i don't think it's closable and i think they are effectively pruning whatever is trying to seep in to our reality and make it like the upside down so it looked like they were killing off those tendrils and they were screaming i think they are making it clear but keeping it open because they're still want safety they don't want their world taken over but they are greedy for that knowledge so i think right that's a rift that can't be closed but they're not even really trying to i think they're just going and just cutting it away right because there's that joke oh a hot one today and he's like oh it never gets old sir so they do this seems like daily yeah or at least yeah. pretty frequently and so that has to be connected to Will's flashbacks, yeah? Yeah, I think I think Will is marked, right? So this is actually one of my theories. The last occurrence of trauma that we see with Will is this huge Lovecraftian monster on the horizon, yeah. right? This huge tentacled being, which is just like, you know, straight out of Lovecraft, this yeah, Azathoth kind of being, this chaos coming. And so I see Will as like the harbinger of this, right? Because we hear him say in the episode... It's not going to kill me. It's, it's it wants to kill everyone else. I felt I felt this evil like like it was looking at me. It was evil. Well, <clears throat> what do you think the evil wanted? To kill. To kill you? Not me. Everyone else. So Will is like the chosen or something. Because there there were theories from last season that the the demogorgon is or if not if not is l is she's connected to it they're connected and to get and i mean that's why when they kill the one or when she kills the one she goes away too right right? so she's back so that maybe this demogorgon's not quite dead yet or or maybe will is some sort of new taking on that role that 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 11 was last season well maybe. so we remember how will was taken right where most people were just killed by this tooken. thing tooken he was tooken he, he was tooken and but will is he disappears right he's ghosted and then he's putting the upside down that's not the t- typical mo so that makes me think will is marked for some reason for this right. thing i also have a theory that there's not one demogorgon as the D god would imply i but think are they are a race of creatures there are several of them so you think there's more than one? Yeah, I think that they're out there. I don't know if people are being converted into it. But this kind of segues into a larger theory I have about the Stranger Things universe. And there's a lot of speculation about what is the Upside Down. I think the right. Upside Down is another close possible world or an alternate universe that exists concurrently with ours of Earth that was then taken over by these race of Demogorgons. Because I think that would inform those encroaching tendrils that that technician is burning away in this episode i think it is an invasion right and i think this big apocalyptic seeming godlike creature of tentacles is the source of it and demogorgons are its underlings its servants its frontline soldiers what do you what we have to talk about number eight too sure so if i'm not mistaken i thought we were told that all the others had died yeah i'm pretty sure we were they were trying to break them out, but I think only L got away. So clearly that can't be true. Right, and Aid is like out. She's not in the Midwest. She's in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and she's not as powerful as L though, right? Because we think she's destroying this underpass, but in fact it's all an illusion. Right, an illusion. 
so yeah her powers are similar but different Mm -hmm. definitely yeah they're definitely in the same world but not of the same caliber right or or i mean she perhaps has more control right and can just do that without having to blow shit up maybe that's purposeful who know i don't know Mm -hmm. but what do you think they were stealing money it didn't look like they were leaving a bank though it looked like they're leaving an apartment complex it did so but and the and the cops knew they were there and they were all super young and if they stole something then why are the cops like we'll catch those bastards it's like hey relax like i don't think like they were very yeah. moralizing about these kids so it must have been something more serious than that so i actually don't know what to speculate about with that yet i feel like we don't have enough information to put pieces together what if there are many of no that has to be from she has to be from that same lab there can't be more labs out in the world can there no well maybe right because what we're finding out now is that the bad guys the antagonists from the first season were like splintered off of this main corporation because we've still got the same organization controlling the lab but they're like hey those guys were you know basically crazy they were they were these super uh, radical wing version of whatever corporations going on here right? right so i think something's going on there it's hard to tell is paul riser a good guy or not right is paul riser ever a good guy isn't he always a bad guy i think he's a good guy in mad about you right yeah but he was in aliens and that's he was true bad in he's aliens. burke and aliens yeah this is an important theory is barb dead that was the theory i was going to point to <laughs> Matt, Barb is dead. We were presented with a body, and something crawled out of her mouth. It was disgusting, and Barb, as we know her, is dead. But I think this was a great little piece of fan service to to see, because you know people loved Barb and spent a lot of season. A lot of people were worried that Barb was dead or not dead throughout season one, and then of course we start season two with her parents' home covered in pictures of i mean it's it look mm-hmm. it's ridiculous the amount of pictures of barb in this house there's a picture of barb in the bathroom watching you take a shit so i don't think this is fan service i think this is going to play into the plot it's one of my bigger theories that i have of episode one but you don't think barb is alive no 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 i don't i think what we're going to have is something like events at porth farm which is a story little novella by ted klein who is a lovecraftian horror writer So might be in the purview of the the Duffer brothers. I think, so what happens in that book is the main character sees one of the people he's staying with, cats, dead. And he's like, oh man, I'm not going to tell him about it because he's out in the woods and he just didn't want to have questions. So they'll find it, whatever. Then later that night, he he sees the cat walk back in and he Mm. knows the cat's dead. And so you've got this weird tension where he, what is he going to say? I saw your cat dead. That's not your cat. Right, so I think Nancy and Steve are gonna be put in a similar situation with Barb. Barb's gonna come back, but we know Barb's not alive. And so we're gonna have this tension of she say like, um, I've been lying to you, Barb's parents, the whole time. Your daughter is dead, that's not your daughter. Unbelievable, you know, very high stakes, very high tension. I'm looking for that kind of reveal with Barb later in the season. Or we're gonna get a pet cemetery style situation where Barb comes back, but Barb is not Barb. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know what I'm, I'm looking for that big reveal there because they're investing a lot into it, right? They brought this new character in. They have, you know, Barb's parents lingered on, right? And one of the things is that people mm-hmm. were mad about Barb's death, right? They were like, Barb was needless yeah. death. And so the Duffer brothers, I don't think, are just like rubbing people's faces in it right now, right? Oh, they actually no. made a statement after season one saying like, no, we're going to make good on Barb. So I really oh, think no. there's something happening there. <gasps> Barb! I think that's going to do it for this episode, Ethan. 
I think it is. We can take those tinfoil hats on or keep them on. They're going to be too safe. No, I'm leaving mine on. I don't ever take it off. Who knows? JFK, aliens, upside down. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, conspiracy theory, Steve Mnuchin. Yeah, so I think what we'll do is we'll leave you with, if you want to hear more about this, you want to hear us stumble and bumble our way through Stranger Things Season 2 and perhaps other things in the future, you should go to our Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com slash spoilers. That's plural, spoilers cast. And drop us uh, $5 a month. You get two bonus episodes. But this month, you're also getting all of the Stranger Things episodes and you're getting our special Halloween episode of Kubrick's The Shining. The Shining! The Shining! Here's Johnny! Red rum, red rum. Red rum, red rum. It's me, Tony, Mrs. Torrance. And of course, all of this is on top of our free content that comes out every other week on iTunes or SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. So stay with us a while. Check out the space. See if you like us. Yes. As Ira Glass says, stay with us. But until next time, I've been Matt Bazell. And I... I'm Ethan Knight. And there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers, Mrs. Torrance. There will be spoilers, Mrs. Torrance. Red rum! Red rum! Red rum! There's, there's people's nightmares. There Will Be Spoilers is hosted by Matt Bazell and me, Ethan Knight. It's produced each week by Matt Bazell. Our artwork is by Becca Knight. You can find her on Twitter at Becca the Knight. Our great music was produced and created by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. You can check him out all over the internet. You can always find us on Twitter at SpoilersCast. And you can find us on Patreon if you would like to support us for only $5 a month. Also at Patreon.com slash SpoilersCast. Our email continues to be SpoilersCast at gmail.com. So send us some complaints hate mail and maybe a compliment or two remember please subscribe to us on soundcloud itunes or stitcher and we would really appreciate it if you would rate and review us on itunes it really helps thank you so much i'm back i'm back in the upside down you're coming in and out i've lost you again matt keep talking matt i heard you are you there Matt, i'm don't hearing hang up on me my lights are oh, blinking. okay so you're cutting in and out I imagine there you you're are. back in like you're back. 15 seconds. That seems oh. to be the case. Are you still there? So I'll just oh, keep talking oh, oh, until oh. I get you back. You're back. I think you're back. Talk to me. You're, no, you're in the upside down. Me. Like I'm hearing you call. Matt. And I'm getting your voice. It's coming through. It's just Matt, not. This it's is not really, there. It's not quite there. there you're oh, right there in the wait, periphery. Wait, I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay, there you are. You're back. The back. Oh, this is very, very appropriate for this episode. We're not putting this on. <laughs> I know. So, like, this is real. This is not a joke. But, I mean, I'm going to have to cut this all out because it is just unlistenable at some point. <laughs>